This is the Lead Well Podcast. Welcome to the Lead Well Podcast, where we're talking all things leadership, talent, and culture. I'm your host, Missy Darden, and our special guest today is operator Matt Albrick from Western Center Boulevard FSR in Fort Worth, Texas. Matt, how are you doing today? Doing great. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, And to get us started, we always like to ask operators this question, but would love for you to share with the audience a little bit about your background and how you got into Chick-fil-A. Yeah, so I've been with Chick-fil-A since March 19th of 2012. Started as a team member a couple years after college with the pursuit of becoming an operator and was fortunate to work for a gentleman out of Slidell, Louisiana, Nick Penichero. And so I worked for him for, I want to say about a year and a half, and then transitioned to uh, an opportunity to go work for Luke Cook, who was grand opening Hammond uh, FSR in Hammond, Louisiana. Uh, Nick knew Luke, made the connection, sent me there with his full blessing. And so I helped uh, grand open Hammond, worked for Luke for about two years. And then Michelle and I, my wife, uh, felt a call to go help plant a church uh, in Katy, Texas, which um, then transitioned or led to uh, Luke knowing Rusty Wiley um, out there. And he was recently opening his third freestander. So I came in a few months after that. Uh, The goal was to go plant the church, but obviously that Chick-fil-A is a small world. So I made the connection and and started working for, uh, for Rusty. And then about a year and some change after that is when I got selected uh, to be an operator at the Parks at Arlington Mall here in Arlington, Texas. Uh, So about five years as a team member and then just celebrated uh, five years as an operator, February 1 of this year. So February 1 of 2017 is when I opened the or transitioned into the Parks at Arlington Mall. And then we opened the Western Center Boulevard location November of 2019. So hard to believe, but two and a half years ago. And so, yeah. Wow. What an awesome journey. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. So the topic for today is recruiting, which I know is a hot topic across the business. Um, So to get us started, um, what is your recruiting strategy at your restaurant? Yeah, so recruiting strategy, uh, practically speaking, we have you know four main things that we do, uh, or five main things that we focus on. But the main thing that I kind of sold out too many years ago, even before uh, transitioning to the mall, is that I wanted to have the best digital presence that we could possibly have. And so we're on, uh, we partnered with Zippy App, which pushes to several job boards, predominantly Indeed. Uh, but we wanted to make sure that we had that eye popping uh, digital presence. And what I mean by that is, you know, obviously a lot of these services will push to all of these different job boards. And one of the selling points a lot of times is templated job descriptions to where you don't need to uh, do anything. I have it all set up for you. But for me, in my heart, I just wanted to make sure that our spirit, our heart, you know, our spin, our lingo, our, our, our vision was integrated into the abs, ads. And so we wanted to specially make each ad. So everything that we do uh, from our ad standpoint, whether it's a front of house, back of house, full-time, part-time leadership, it's all our content that we wanted to create specifically that spoke into it, uh, into what our vision was. And so we wanted to make sure that, again, we had a strong digital presence. The other thing is that we do open interviews every single day. So from 5 to 6 p.m. every single day, we have a leader allocated to do open interviews. We have two 
sign it, signs on the main thoroughfare, Western Center Boulevard, saying that, you know, Monday through Saturday, uh, 5 p.m. To, to 6 p.m. And so that's been extremely beneficial. We have it every single day. Ad- additionally, inside the restaurant, we have a hiring station. Uh, and so what this hiring station has is obviously um, application cards, but those application cards. And so which it, it's a little business card with a QR code to uh, scan into to go to our, our landing page on Zippy app. But attached to that or it's attached to our about us document that we created uh, before we actually, you know, or started in February. But our about us document is exactly that. So it's our purpose, our mission and our values. And so the front page will be our purpose, our mission. And then the back page is our 12 values, a description of what those things are, and then a Bible verse in reference to that value. And uh, we have that prominently just placed right in the middle of our dining room. A person can pick that up and then obviously go apply. Uh, we also have a referral program. And kind of the last thing that we've recently done, probably I say recent, maybe about a year ago, is that we put A-frames outside the front door with pay ranges and information and benefits. Um, just plainly stating, so a team member makes this, uh, a team leader makes this, or a range of pay. And then we have another A-frame along the drive-through. So really a guest probably couldn't miss, you know, what our pay structure and pay ranges is. But that's that's our recruitment from a practical standpoint, meaning the levers, I guess, is a better way of saying that we pull. Thank you for sharing that. And you hit on this a bit um, as far as the open interviews are concerned, but how are your leaders involved in your hiring and recruiting process? Yeah, so we, I laugh because, uh, you know, it was obviously me in the beginning. I did have another leader that was with me when I launched in February of one, but it was it was me. I was the person filtering through the applications online, doing any sort of interviews. But at this point, what we've done is we've built up, you know, uh, essentially five leaders that are able to do interviews and those leaders will be the ones that are scheduled during that time. So it'll rotate. Uh, we obviously have a, a two main leaders that own it, but we have the other three that will run that hour uh, if need be for whatever reason, scheduling conflicts. And so, yeah, they own that process. So if a person walks in, you know, we'll greet them, we'll offer them a beverage, and then we notify the leader that, hey, we have an open interview here. It's a first come, first serve. So sometimes we'll have four people show up at four, five o'clock. We'll set precedent, you know, we'll we'll let them know, hey, it'd be a little while, but we'll get to you. And we just we just do the interview. It's about 15 to 20 minutes for that first interview, and they just own it. And then based on what they feel, uh, based on our interview structure and our interview guide that we have and that they followed, they'll they'll make a decision if they're gonna proceed to a second. Like you mentioned, you were heavily involved um, pretty early on as an operator, but how <laughs> has your involvement evolved over the course of the last few years? Yeah, over the last two years, yeah. Uh, significantly evolved. Like I said, the goal was to quickly and uh, but very intentionally train up leaders that are able to do the interview process and understand our spirit, our DNA, what we're looking for in a team member, what I'm looking for in a team member. And so we built up two leaders uh, that were, you know, uh, his name is Michael and Josh. They, they both own predominantly the interview process. But since then, we've trained up several others, like I said, three main other folks. And we have a few in the queue right now. And how we do that basically is uh, they'll mirror and they'll mirror. So they'll sit in on an interview for one of these gentlemen that are trained up and they'll sit in for 10 interviews. And then at that point, they'll conduct 10 interviews with the other leader present 
And obviously the other person can is not just silent. They can speak into it. If they have a question that they're prompted to, to ask, they can do that. But after 20 interviews and a lot of debriefs after each and every one, we'll determine if a person's ready to make a selection. And then obviously when they make a selection, uh, we obviously will track that and see if the decision was the right one. As far as I go, at this point, um, I don't do too many of the team member interviews, but I'm still involved in our leadership development path applicants. And so we have a our leadership development path is an ad that we have online. And if an applicant will apply to that, so that's your bachelor degree or four years of leadership experience. If that person comes in, I will be involved in one of those two interviews um, just to ensure that they really carry the spirit that we're looking for because they're stepping into a role that they'll start as a team member, but their aspirations and their pay is that of a leader. And so we want to make sure we peg that one correctly. For sharing that. So what you mentioned in your last um, response, you said that you trained your leaders to kind of look what look for what you look for in team members. So could you share a little bit about what you look for in team members? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, get that all the time. So we, like I stated uh, on our About Us document, we in organizationally have 12 values, which is is a lot of values seemingly, but we focus on one per month, 12 months out of the year. And so uh, it's not as uh, overwhelming as it may seem. And so uh, one of the leaders who was the main person that I trained up kind of as quick as I could uh, developed an interview guide. And so this interview guide is about 10 pages. And this is how subsequently we train new people to do interviews. And so in the interview guide, it states our 12 values. And we have two to three questions, uh, uh, two to three questions under each value that's trying to pull out whether that person possesses that. So, for example, grit, integrity, teamwork, professionalism, attitude, kindness, coachability. There'll be specific questions that we've you know, formulated uh, that should pull out whether that person possesses that. One of the questions is, when is the last time you told a lie? It's not if you've lied, when is the last time? And so that's an integrity question. And so it's very interesting. It's one of my favorite uh, interview questions to ask uh, that my leader came up with. But it's those type of things and that essentially training up a person to discern whether a person possesses that character about, you know, that character trait. And, 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 that, and then also we say, you know, ultimately, uh, we want every new hire, every hire to possess all 12, but they may be stronger in some than the other. You know, some of them may have three in teamwork, but they're at nine on integrity. As long as they possess at some degree that, you know, some level of teamwork that we've picked up, we'll hire them and then we'll coach them up and train them in that character trait, which we believe can be can be developed. Character can be developed. So. Yeah, that question is really interesting. When was the last time you told a lie? I wonder how many people it's lie very... about telling a lie. <laughs> you're, 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 you'd be surprised. You know, you think that, but the majority of them mention when they last lied. They'll know um, or they'll reveal that they're a, a, you know, a habitual liar. But it's very interesting, especially the younger folks, but in particular, the older folks, you know, because that's a yeah, it puts them in a little bit of a wiggle spot. It's, a, it's an uncomfortable question to ask. But it's a great question to just, you know, it really reveals a lot. That's what we discovered. So that's just one of the I mean, we have a lot of questions that'll kind of pull on, like I said, specific character traits. So what systems do you use to plan ahead when it comes to recruiting and how often do you or how far in advance do you typically plan, given 
you know, the seasonality of hiring and things like that. Yeah. So planning ahead, I, um, I would say I basically committed from day one or prior to that and said, hey, we're going to never stop hiring. And when I mean, when I say never stop hiring, quite literally, we never stop hiring. So when I think about planning ahead, it's really we're always, always recruiting, always interviewing, always hiring, always training, always developing uh, so that we never get into a spot to where we have a gap and then we have to pivot quickly and go higher for August. You know, and for me, uh, I have an athletic background, I'm a former athlete, I played football in college. And so I've always kind of likened our recruiting to that of a of a college. And so you have four to five years with these players. And so the recruiting, you know, recruiters that work for these big universities or small universities, they're the, around the clock all year long recruiting for, yes, the incoming freshman class. But the goal is really to to have them playing in sophomore, junior, senior year. You know, you're recruiting for a four year from now class. And obviously, if you have freshmen that show up and be in their starters and their rock stars, we have that. And in this environment, it may not be four years until they can perform well that we hopefully have a quicker learning curve than that. But it's still the philosophy that you are always recruiting because you have a graduating class leaving the building that may be 15, 20, maybe 30 people. And if you're not ahead of it, way ahead of it, I would say six months to a year ahead of it. Uh, then you're behind. You, it's, if you're hiring someone for August and July, you're four months, four four to six months of training behind until they're actually a competent team member that can fully function in a role and not be a liability on shift. And so our philosophy is, I'd say planning ahead is is indefinite. And so we're always thinking way out in advance, never, never, ever stopping hiring, even when it's very costly, you, you know, for example, this season, uh, significantly uh, low profits, but we're going to commit to hiring, commit to training. So come August and come December, come next February, we're loaded up, we're rocking and rolling. We don't have to turn off any sales channels whatsoever. Uh, and we can we can pull the levers that we want to pull because we have staffing to be able to do things. If we want to grow catering, if we want to launch delivery, like we recently did, we can do whatever we want to do from a business standpoint because we have the ca- the quantity and hopefully the quality to perform well. Thanks for sharing that. Last question we like to ask operators on the podcast is what advice would you share with operators, especially those who are looking to adjust their recruiting strategy? Yeah. One of the great leaders that I worked for is whatever you put time and attention to will grow. That was a Luke quote that he referenced all the time. And I have seen over the years that it's extremely accurate. And so for me, I've I've said, I don't know, I'm a ratio guy, like math guy, so I don't know if practically speaking I've done this, but I'm at 51% or more of my brain space or my bandwidth is being spent on how to recruit, hire, train, develop leaders and team members. And so I would say if you want to win in the people department, you've got to invest a disproportionate amount of time, resources to this area, and it will bear fruit. I mean, consider, you know, obviously assuming that you have competency, which you do, you know, we're operators, you're going to have a competency piece there. And so it's it's boils down to really your priorities. And so if you want to win in this space, you allocate time, resources, people to this space. 
If you want to be uh, average in the space, you'll you'll subsequently allocate that ratio of time. And so each Chick-fil-A is locally owned and operated. We all have our different DNAs. And I always say that, you know, personalities and all that kind of stuff. But we really, again, it boils down to what is your priorities. And obviously, second to that would be getting a team of folks that are focusing their brain space. And so, I, like I said, Michael and Josh are probably at the space to where literally over 50% of their brain space and their time is allocated to, to recruiting, hiring, sele- so selecting, hiring, onboarding, and training and developing. And if, if we have three people in the organization consumed with that at a high ratio, uh, we've been able to win. And then we have other people to supplement that as well. And so it's really a holistic approach from top to bottom uh, from, like I said, money, <laughs> uh, time, and, and, you know, mental bandwidth. Thank you for sharing that, Matt. Um, yeah. Well, that will do it for today's episode. If you're looking to find, develop, and launch top talent, Leadball is a resource with articles, videos, podcasts, and other Chick-fil-A operator and third-party expert curated content. If you have questions or want to hear about a specific topic on the podcast, let us know at leadwell at chickfil-a.com. I'm Missy Darden, and thank you for listening in to the Lead Well Podcast. Lead Well shares leadership, talent, and culture resources, ideas, and tools from franchised operators and third-party experts to inspire franchised operators and their teams to find, develop, and launch top talent. As independent franchisees, Chick-fil-A operators solely determine the employment, leadership, and management practices in their businesses.